Well, coming into another offseason, Jesper Bratt still does not have a contract, and this is the third time in four years. It seems like Jesper Bratt is making this much harder than it has to be, and some players are a little fed up with it. The fan base is fed up with it. What's it going to take to re-sign Jesper Bratt? The Devils do have some options. We have a lot to discuss in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play by play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. Okay, I have left you guys in the dark long enough. It's time for me to address the elephant in the room, and that is the ongoing process of the New Jersey Devils organization trying to re sign Jesper Bratt long term. It's safe to say that the road to trying to get Jesper Bratt to sign on that dotted line has been tedious, frustrating, and it seems like we've been doing this song and dance routine for like a year or so now. But before we get into the knit and grit of all that, I first want to provide you guys a soundbite courtesy of Jack Hughes because Hughes was recently asked about some pending free agents for the Devils. And when expressing his opinion, he seemingly threw some shade toward a particular player. Check it out. Jack, you got some guys with expiring contracts. Timo, Jasper, Eric, you kind of nudging them. Like, let's get this done, run it back. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not like the GM by any means, you know. Uh, so it's not my up to me. But, you know, I know, um, I know, I think I know they want to come back. I know, you know, but at, at, at the same time, like, um, like it's you got to get it done too. You can't just talk about wanting to be in New Jersey. If you want to be in New Jersey, you gotta just sign the deal, you know. So those guys are obviously uh, big parts of our team, and we'd like to have them back. And you know, um, they all did a, a great job for us. You know, tougher for Timo coming in halfway through the year, but you know, Bradder and uh, Halsey, they were they were staple guys for us all year, and we we want them back. And obviously, Timo. Um, we'd like him back too. Okay, so I'm no detective, but notice how that question was framed. I don't know who asked the question, but the reporter basically listed three names. The reporter listed Timo Meyer, Jesper Bratt, and Eric Halla. Now, Eric Halla is set to become an unrestricted free agent, and Halla has recently said that he wants to remain with the Devils organization. He even stated during his exit interview before he was slated to speak with the media, he was actually in Fitzgerald's office trying to negotiate a, a new deal or just trying to say, like, look, I want to remain with the Devils organization for a few more years. He even stated that he was waiting for the phone call from Fitzgerald to try to hammer out a new deal. As for Timo Meyer, Meyer has never explicitly said that he wants to remain with the Devils organization. He has had nothing but positive things to say but he hasn't gone out of his way to say like, look, I want to remain with the organization long-term. This is my home and I love uh, the organization, yada, yada, yada. Whereas for Jesper Brett, I think this is where Jack Hughes is throwing the shade because like I said moments ago, it seems like we've been doing this song and dance routine 
with Jesper Bratt for quite some time now. Because if you guys need a, a refresher course, here's what happened in the overall journey as to where we're at right now with Jesper Bratt. So about a year ago, in May 2022, Jesper Bratt appeared on Speak of the Devil podcast. He revealed that he wanted to finish what he started with the Devils organization. And I think like a week or two later, there were some rumors circulating saying that Jesper Bratt had signed his long-term deal with the Devils organization. And it was going to take a few days for the Devils organization to make it official. A few days goes by, nothing. A few weeks goes by, nothing. And basically, Devils fans were sitting on pins and needles because we didn't know what was going to happen with Jesper Bratt. And basically, right before the arbitration hearing was to take place, because now a few weeks goes by, a few months goes by, now the Devils are forced to make some sort of deal with Jesper Bratt and his agency. And basically, the two sides came to, to agreement of a one-year extension that was going to pay Jesper Bratt annually of $5.45 million. Basically, that's not the extension that we had in mind, but at least we could sleep well at night knowing that we had Jesper Bratt for one more year because Jesper Bratt wanted to bet on himself because I think he wanted to get similar money to someone like Kevin Fiala, who was able to get a new deal with the LA Kings once he was traded out there. So for Jesper Bratt, I respect the fact that he wanted to try to get out there and prove himself. And I was a little hesitant to sign him to a lengthy extension in the first place because Jesper Brad did have a good showing during the 2021-2022 season. But the overall question was, could he repeat it this year? And I think that's where the two sides were conflicting. We'll talk about that a little later in the episode. Now the new year comes around. It's the start of the 2022-2023 season. At the beginning of the year, Jesper Brad once again said that he wanted to remain with the Devils organization long-term and basically fans were like, okay, we'll wait until January 1st and maybe he'll, he'll sign his extension till then. Okay. Well, it's been a few months since January 1st and still nothing. Now, obviously Tom Fitzgerald has revealed that the negotiating process with Jesper Bratt slowed down during the course of the playoffs because that was best for the team. You have to focus on the playoffs because something bigger is at stake. And I, I, I get that. And now fans are just wondering what's the contract situation like with Jesper Bratt at this very moment. Well, Tom Fitzgerald spoke on it during his exit interview, and here's what he had to say when asked about it. We paused uh, uh, the talks prior to the playoffs, which I think was the right thing to do. Um, I, there was, there's definitely progression, for sure. Um, there's, there's, there's definitely a framework of a, a deal to be done long-term if Jesper wants that. Um, Jesper knows exactly uh, what that framework looks like. Um, I, I know Jesper wants to be a, a devil long-term and so do we, and so do we, um, you know, he had a tremendous year. Uh, nobody, nobody doubted that he wouldn't. Um, he did, uh, he's part of the fabric here, part of the core. Um, we just, we, we want to get this done. Um, I don't anticipate uh, contentious uh, negotiation. I think his agent knows um, where we're at. Um, so probably put the ball back in his court and, uh, you know, we'll touch base here soon. I haven't yet. Like I said earlier, this is uh, game five losses is, is still fresh, you know, going through what we went through this weekend and, and really rolling right into our scouting meetings. Um, the business side of it, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on track here uh, shortly. 
Jesper Bratt was also asked about the contract negotiating process, and here's what he said during his exit interview. Jesper, Tom has, has talked about, you know, last season your contract negotiation was a little challenging. Um, do you anticipate it'll be challenging this summer, and what are your thoughts on free agency? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I kind of put that side a little bit we obviously me and me and Tom have had a good relationship we, we have talked all the time and um, I feel like we we have the trust in each other and um, I've been clear since since day one that I think this is a, a great place to play where and a place that I call home and uh, I mean, I'm so excited about what this team and franchise did and this is obviously something um, and a ride that I want to be a part of and I mean I think I think the contract negotiation will um, all get settled somehow, and um, obviously some contracts um, are a little bell, some some are not. But um, I have full full confidence in in my agent and in Tom that uh, we'll get something done. Now, according to James Nichols, he brought up an old article that he wrote late in November, and he basically said that uh, th- that once again that the process has been slow, it's been ongoing, it's been frustrating. Obviously, it stopped during the course of the playoffs, and I think the target annually payment for Jesper Bratt was supposed to be around eight million dollars. But keep in mind, James Nichols also said this in his tweet that that article was from late November, and obviously, a lot has happened since then. So Jesper Bratt once again was able to match his career high in points dating back to last year, but you also have to factor in Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer is also set to become a restricted free agent, and the Devils, once again, are now trying to build for the future because they're trying to contend, and they're a little ahead of their overall process. Now, the overall question is simply this. How much do you pay Jesper Brad? Has his value gone up? Has it gone down? And now you have to factor in Timo Meyer. Can the Devils afford to re-sign both Meyer and Brat long-term? And that's where we're sort of at a standstill. And I think that's why New Jersey Devils fans continue to be on pins and needles a little bit and just waiting for the uh, confirmation that Jesper Bratt has signed long-term with the Devils organization. Now, Jesper Bratt is a good player, but I think the Devils also have some options on the table. When looking at Jesper Bratt as a player, here's how he finished the season. Once again, he was able to match his career high in points dating back to last year. So he finished off the regular season appearing in 82 games. He had 32 goals, 41 assists for a grand total of 73 points. And he finished off with a plus minus of plus 14. And he also had 22 power play points. And yeah, so for Jesper Bratt, the name of the game for him is offense. But the problem that I have for Jesper Bratt is that his weaknesses were were very much exposed during the course of the playoffs because when the playoffs c- came around, Jesper Bratt, his scoring went down tremendously. So in 12 playoff appearances, he had one goal. That was an empty netter goal it, for what it's worth. Five assists for a grand total of six points. So the problem with Jesper Bratt is that he's a very good player and he knows how to rack up the numbers and his numbers are good. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. He had a great performance during the course of the regular season. And I think betting on himself was the best outcome for him because now he can say like, look, I, I, I can, I have shown that I could put up the numbers consistently, but here's the problem. Once again, Jesper Bratt got off to a fantastic start to the regular season because he was able to break the franchise record for longest point streak to open up a new season. But come late December, early January, that's when the numbers started to go a little down for Jesper Bratt because 
He was like a point per game player. And when the all-star game came rolling around and when we were trying to vote Jesper Bratt in, remember, I said in a prior episode that while Jesper Bratt's numbers are respectable, they don't really scream all-star. And in order for him to reach the all-star game, I know he has a cult following on Twitter. I know a, a, a lot of people do support Jesper Bratt. But the problem was, like, if he wanted to actually legitimately make the all-star game, he would have had to rely too much on the advanced analytics. And that's sort of where I have a problem with Jesper Bratt, because when he's on one, he's really good. But when he's struggling, he doesn't really provide anything else. Yes, he's on the power play. But once again, that really centers around him scoring, getting assists, wherever the case might be. Because Jesper Bratt, he's not going to give you many hits. He's not going to give you many blocks. Obviously, he's not going to do like the dirty work, similar to like Eric Halla and Timo Meyer. He's not going to do face-offs. He's not going to provide you a lot of grit. He's not going to get into fights. He's not going to, uh, once again, he's not going to do that dirty work, similar to Eric Halla and Timo Meyer. Because one of the things I say for Halla and Meyer is that if they're not scoring, at least they could do the other stuff to help the New Jersey Devils win. And once again, I think Jesper Bratz were really exposed come playoff time. And I think a lot of you can back me up in that case. So I'm not trying to diminish Jesper Bratt in any which sort of way. But at the same time, the money that he is trying to ask for, like $8 million annually, just to give you guys some reference, he would be paid more than Nico Heischer, our captain. Now, obviously, I said maybe you can aim at around $6 million, but that he would be being paid the same amount as Andre Palat theoretically. So we'll talk about that a little later. So I talked about my overall feelings about Jesper Bratt during the course of the year, but I had the chance to ask him, like, how did he think he was utilized during the course of the year, especially when Timo Meyer was added to the mix? Here was his response. Um, how well did you, did you feel like that everyone's skill set was utilized, especially after Timo Meyer was added to the roster? Because I know there was a lot of shufflings uh, with the lineups and uh, obviously you, Hughes, and um, also Heischer got to get uh, your respective reps. Once Timo Meyer was added to the mix, how well do you think your uh, skill set was utilized? Well, I think Timo was an unbelievable uh, player to come in for us as a team. He it brings the little edge, the little swagger in his game that we kind of needed. Uh, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a bigger, stronger guy that uh, goes into the dirty areas. And I feel like in the playoff, he uh, didn't always get on the score sheet. But um, I think he, he was really contributing to the team and, and making a big impact on our team. And um, I mean, he, he, he's a great player. He, he, made, he made our team better by coming here. And I think that when you look at our lineup, I, I think there weren't a single guy in the team that um, I wasn't really feeling playing with. I feel like whoever you play with, you know you were going to get the work done. And um, it was just a, just a great uh, guy to add to the, add to the team. We saw, we saw you uh, match your career high from uh, last season. And obviously the playoffs, I'm sure, didn't go as uh, well as you uh, would like or would have liked to hope. But what are some of the things you're going to work on come next season so that way you can uh, surpass your career high and maintain that uh, level of consistency. Well, I think I think you can look at it from different perspective. I think obviously we're we're playing a really good team in Carolina. They, they don't give you a lot. They're they're strong. They're uh, they're probably playing their system the best in the league. I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams, and uh, you're not going to get a lot of scoring chances against a team like that. And then it's all about capitalizing on your chances. So um, obviously, if I could have 
put their couple plays and have a little more poise and a little more attacking mindset, and maybe it could have made a difference. But um, at the same time, in the playoff in game against the uh, Rangers, game three, four, and five uh, against the Rangers, uh, I was playing with um, Nico Pallad, and we we shut down probably the best one of the best lines in the league with disadvantage at line. So um, I take pride in those both part of my games, and um, obviously I wouldn't. I maybe wanted to add a little more scoring touch in the playoff, but. Uh, my goal was to help the team win, and that was the most important. Once again, Jesper Bratt went into great detail about Timo Meyer, but not really himself, because he listed all the things that Timo Meyer provides to the team, but he forgot to mention himself a little bit. And maybe I didn't ask the question correctly, but it kind of proves my point in more ways than one, just because, like I said, if Timo Meyer's not scoring, what is he doing? He's getting hits, he's doing the dirty work, he's getting underneath the opponent's skin. But if Jesper Bratt's not scoring, what is he doing? Yes, he has good hands, and I'll admit there were a couple times when he was able to set up his teammates nicely. So I think back to game five against the Carolina Hurricanes when I think he set up Andre Palat on a dime and he wasn't able to get the assist because Andre Palat wasn't able to finish. So that's my concern for Jesper Bratt, which is I get that he's a good player. I get that he is a good top six player. And I get that he could be a good complimentary piece. And if this season was any indicator, he definitely knows how to remain somewhat consistent. But at the same time, it's just like, what more can he provide? Am I missing something? So that's one of the things that I want to plant inside your head, which is Jesper Bratt, great score, great at putting up some solid productive numbers. But when it comes to the other stuff, when it comes to doing the dirty work, when it comes to like defensive point shares, hits, blocks, face-offs, whatever the case might be, that is not in Jesper Bratt's repertoire, respectfully. And, and once again, not trying to diminish him as a player. I'm just bringing to the light saying that sometimes his playing style is one-dimensional. And I think this is what's really frustrating about the overall negotiating process because it's like, I don't think you deserve to be paid more than Nico Heischer. But at the same time, you do deserve uh, your fair share of payment. But it's just a little difficult considering the fact that now you got to add Timo Meyer to the mix. Now you got to try to satisfy Jesper Bratt. And now it's just created this huge headache. And I know that Tom Fitzgerald said back in segment one that he has no concern about the negotiating process. And I would like to take his word for it. But the problem is, is like, like I said, we've been doing this song and dance routine for over a year now. When's it going to happen? And like Jack Hughes also said, you can't say that you want to remain with the devil's organization and yet nothing happened because once again, he's had his chances to resign because he said in May of last year that he wants to resign with the team. He said at the beginning of the year, he wants to remain with the team. He said during his exit interviews that he wants to remain with the team. You've had a few opportunities and I don't know what's what the negotiating process is like. I don't know what's falling through. I don't know uh, why the sides can't come together, but now that Timo Myers added to the mix, and I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to entertain this, but Jesper Bragg theoretically could have his rights traded if, if this negotiation process is not done in a reasonable amount of time. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we'll talk about that momentarily, but before we continue, I want to tell you about Bird Dogs. So the thing about Bird Dogs is that uh, I, I look better and feel great while wearing bird dogs. So their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts on the golf course to a meeting, a date, or hang out with friends. People like me, well, I live in Arizona. It's always hot. So 
Uh, Bird Dog Shorts definitely helps me in more ways than one. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So once again, if you want to look cool, if you want to look stylish, if you want to beat the heat this summer, wherever you live, you need to get yourself hip to Bird Dogs apparel. So get some shorts because their fabric is top-notch and it is great. And now, as you guys know, I'm a big NASCAR fan, and sometimes I like to tinker with my car. So let me tell you about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part fits right. And the first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know uh, what part will fit or your money back because, like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And for over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only, available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, what are the options here? For Jesper Bratt, because we can't repeat what we did last season. Now, either way, guys, he's going to be extended a qualifying offer. And for people who are saying that he shouldn't, you are ridiculous. Now, here's the thing. Tom Fitzgerald recently revealed that just because the New Jersey Devils don't have a first-round draft pick doesn't mean that they won't have one. What he means by that is maybe Tom Fitzgerald is going to try to make a splash come draft night to maybe get the Devils back into the first round to get a pick because, once again, they traded away their first-round draft pick this year for Timo Meyer. Now, with Jesper Bratt and his contract negotiations all the more frustrating, the Devils do have some options, and I mentioned it with Timo Meyer because if the playoffs were any indicator, I think Meyer has surpassed Jesper Bratt for priority. At least that's my opinion because Timo Meyer has shown that he is the more vital player he is the more important player he is the player that can do a lot more than Jesper Bratt no disrespect to Jesper Bratt but once again I did ask Jesper how did he feel like his skills were being utilized after Timo Meyer was added to the mix I felt like it was sometimes there sometimes it wasn't it wasn't a match made in heaven but it's something you can certainly develop because once again Timo Meyer was added into the fire rather quickly and he had to adjust on a fly now, with Jesper Bratt, it's just like, I, I, I think Jesper has to be aware that uh, the negotiating process, I don't think Fitzgerald is going to drag it out as long as he did last year. And that was one of the questions I didn't get to ask Tom Fitzgerald because one of the questions I did want to uh, bring into light was that, is there a certain deadline in his head in which he's like, you know what, I don't think we're going to get a deal done. We're going to have to move on and we're just going to have to find a, a possible suitor. And the silly season discussions for uh, Jesper Bratt have already made their way around the internet. My buddies over at Pucks and Pitchforks, they've already put out a few discussion points as to which players the Devils could possibly target and try to trade Jesper Bratt. Now, like I said, the big thing is that Tom Fitzgerald revealed that just because the Devils don't have a first-round draft pick, it doesn't mean that they won't get one. And my thing is like, well, when looking at the roster, when looking at who's set to become a restricted free agent, wherever the case might be, I think the only player that could be traded for a first round draft pick is Jesper Bratt. Now, 
I'm not saying do a one-for-one type of deal where we trade away Jesper Bratt and get a first-round draft pick. It's going to have to be some sort of package. But at the same time, when looking at who's set to become a restricted free agent, Miles Wood, he's not worth a first-round draft pick. Yegor Sharangovich, I don't think he's worth a first-round draft pick. I don't think the Devils are going to be dumb enough to try to trade away Timo Meyer. That wouldn't make much sense. That's basically a rental. I mentioned a couple episodes ago, could it be Mackenzie Blackwood? I personally don't don't think Mackenzie Blackwood is for is worth a first round draft pick in my eyes. And yes, the Devils have a lot of young assets, including like Alexander Holtz, who quite honestly, I was surprised that he was able to make it past the trade deadline. But the thing is, like, why would you trade Alexander Holtz, a player you're trying to get the most out of? Why would you trade him for a first round draft pick? That doesn't really make much sense. For Alexander Holtz, you want to trade him for a a right away good impact player. So if Alexander Holtz is not really developing the way you want, and same for all these young guys, whether it's like Nolan Foot or whatever the case might be, then wait till the trade deadline so you can get like someone similar as Timo Meyer. I don't think he's going to trade away some of the top prospects for a first round draft pick. I know this is a deep draft class, but that doesn't really make much sense. So I think uh, Tom Fitzgerald is like, look, if this Jesper Bratt thing falls through, maybe we could get a first round draft pick. Now, once again, it'll have to be some sort of package. I don't think uh, I, I don't think uh, Connor Hellebuck is going to be an option, guys. For anyone who's saying trade Jesper Bratt for Connor Hellebuck, have you learned your lesson about the Corey Schneider fiasco? Because I don't know how many more years Hellebuck can provide good service in between the pipes. And that's not a knock at him. But keep in mind, I think Jesper Bratt has a lot more mileage compared to Hellebuck. So that's something we could definitely assess. And the big question that I'm sure a lot of people have is that uh, can the New Jersey Devils afford both Timo Meyer and also Jesper Bratt? The short answer is yes, but they're going to have to get creative. So when looking at the salary cap situation, once again, for the New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes is signed long-term, Nico Heischer is signed long-term, Andre Pilat signed long-term, then you got Thomas Tatar, he's set to become an unrestricted free agent. That's $4.5 million off the books. Miles Wood is a UFA as well, $3.2 million off the books. Eric Halla most likely will be re-signed to a cheap, maybe two to three year deal. Damon Severson will become a unrestricted free agent, $4.16 million off the books. Ryan Gray's unrestricted free agent, $3.16 million off the books. The Devils can afford both Meyer and Brad. They're just going to have to be creative. Now, the big question, and I basically hyped up this entire segment to give you guys uh, my overall opinion on this situation. What should the New Jersey Devils do with Jesper Brad? What does his future look like? Should they trade him? And what are my expectations? Well, um, I'd say Jesper Brad, given how optimistic Tom Fitzgerald is, I think he'll remain with the New Jersey Devils once again. He will be extended a qualifying offer and uh, obviously you can use him as collateral if you're unable to get a, 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 a deal done. Maybe you can try to trade him away for some sort of uh, player because I think that's going to be a win-win either way for New Jersey Devils because they could get a first-round draft pick and maybe a player who has a lot of upside. I don't really know. Not the GM, but that's worst-case scenario. I'm not even thinking about that, but definitely we'll talk about it in a future episode. I don't think a trade is the it will, will happen, but it could. But I think Jesper Bragg can resign with the New Jersey Devils organization. He might have to take a pay cut, though. So going back to what James Nichols said back in November, saying that Jesper Bragg could be paid annually $8 million. Well, like I said early on in the episode, 
a lot has happened since then. Now you got to factor in Timo Meyer. You got to factor in Jesper Bratt's poor playoff performance during the playoffs. So I don't think that $8 million, I think it's going to go down to $7 million at most. Can you convince Jesper Bratt to re-sign long-term and get paid anywhere from $6.5 million to $7 million? Because I think that's what Jesper Bratt is worth. And you also have to factor in that Timo Meyer also needs to get paid. So you need to make room in that sort of aspect. You need to make that sort of wiggle room. And before we sign off, I wanted to provide you guys a soundbite once again from Jonas Siegenthaler, because here's what Siegenthaler had to say when he signed long-term, but for a much cheaper deal. Jonas, you signed a, a long extension last season. Um, what's your message to guys like Timo and, and, and Bradder, uh, you know, in terms of just building something here and, and wanting to resign here? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I want to stay here because uh, I feel like we, yeah, we have a bright future here. Uh, I think, you know, soon um, something is going to happen big in here, and uh, I believe in it. Uh, that's why I signed long term here. Uh, I hope uh, Timo and uh, Bretter believe that too, and, uh, you know, uh, hope they're going to be here uh, long term as well. Jonas Siegethaler will become an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2027-2028 season and right now he is going to be paid annually 3.4 million dollars so that's a very good deal for one of our shutdown defensemen and I think Jesper Bratt needs to do the same thing because he needs to know what affects the whole and not the individual because at the end of the day the Devils are trying to build something special and don't you want to be a part of that? That's my thing, because you're going to have to make some sacrifices in order to satisfy everyone. And similar to what Jack Hughes said, you can't be going around town saying you want to resign. You want to resign. You want to finish what you what you started. Sign it right now, dude. Like what's holding you back? That's my thing. I don't really want to speculate. However, it's quite interesting that. Tom Fitzgerald and Jesper Bratt are both saying that Jesper Bratt's agent is trying to negotiate a new deal and the two parties are trying to come together. Whereas if you listen to someone like Eric Halla, he's literally going to Tom Fitzgerald himself saying, hey, let's get a new deal done. And Eric Halla is even saying he's waiting for a personal phone call from Fitzgerald to try to uh, hammer out this new uh, deal so that way Eric Halla can remain on the Devils roster. Whereas for Jesper Bratt, it's like, why are you allowing your agent to do most of the negotiating process? Because this is the third time in four years in which Jesper Bratt doesn't have a new contract going into the new year. And that's a little problematic. So, like I said, I can't really speculate and I can't really discuss this matter in great detail because I don't know what happens behind closed doors, but just based on what I'm inferring from Tom Fitzgerald and Jesper Bratt. It seems like the agent is doing most of the negotiating process. If I'm Jesper Bratt, you got to intervene and you got to just try to step up and say like, look, I'm going to try to negotiate the deal myself or I'm going to do most of the talking because obviously when I leave it up to you, it doesn't seem like we're able to come close to a deal and we're putting this matter behind the eight ball even more and it's creating a wedge between me and my teammates or at least I'm just I'm just going based on what Jack Hughes said in the soundbite because Jack Hughes is obviously one of the leaders of the New Jersey Devils roster so I'm sure he's speaking on behalf of the team when he's saying like look you can't just say you want to remain with the Devils organization 
and not get that extension. So if I'm Jesper Bratt, you probably want to do most of the negotiating process yourself. And as always, have your agent there to help you out. But it just seems like when you leave it up to your agent, it just seems like uh, greed is coming into a factor. But like I said, that's just all speculation on my end. It's definitely a long negotiating process. I know Tom Fitzgerald is optimistic about it, but my thing is simply this, which is try to get it done ASA now and try to avoid the drama. But I think the Devils can sleep well at night knowing that they can either re-sign both Meyer and Brat long-term, or if something falls through, they can trade Brat for maybe a, a sizable player that has a lot of impact or whatever the case might be, or try to get back in, into the first round. Like I said, uh, not one for a one type of trade for just for Brad for a first round draft pick, some sort of trade package, but that's down the line. And I don't think that that will realistically happen, but just throwing some ideas out there. So let me know what you guys think. What do you think about this whole uh, ordeal with Jesper Brad, this whole brouhaha type of a situation in which Jesper Brad still does not have anything in the works at the time being. And it feels like that we've been, once again, seeing this same story pan out for like over a year. Here's your guys' thoughts. So if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal tour page at TreyMat4 or the show's tour page at Locked On Devils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.